Good evening, good afternoon, good morning. It's Johnny Bricks and Mortar. We are back and it is the middle of December. So we are just beginning to tie things, tie up the loose ends as far as the work is concerned. And I guess like most people, we'll be closing down for a couple of weeks over Christmas and New Year. It has been just a great year for me, I have to say. We've obviously bought uh, a, a mortgage book and we have opened up bricks and mortar mortgages were out at Crow Road and it's just going from strength to strength so it's really been a very very positive year. I do feel that I should have done more by way of the podcast and certainly I guess moving forward for 2020 it is something that I am keen to try and get more. So again just I guess a, a, a plea to those of you who are listening If you do wish to come on, uh, have a chat with me, we've done, what, 60, 70 episodes or so, so if you've listened to any of the interviews, you'll know that I'm a pretty light touch, so we're not going to ask you anything that's uh, embarrassing, tricky or otherwise. So if you do want to try and spread the word about your business or just come on and tell us why you got into property, what you're doing with property, what are the goals that you've got for 2020, then delighted to come over to your place, have a chat, or you can pop in to Crow Road and do likewise. I'm just back from Valencia, having run the Valencia Marathon for the second year. I'll tell you a little bit more about that on the other side after we've got the interview on just to update you number one she's over in Bilbao in Spain at the moment she's doing an au pair thing before she goes up to uni up in Aberdeen so she's coming back on the 21st of December so it'd be great to catch up with her number two she's preparing for her nat five assignments so she's been working really hard on that she's been doing well on the hockey front as well and then she, who must be ultimately obeyed, uh, well, she's been squirrelling away. She's a solicitor working with Clydesdale Bank, and uh, she's been working on the, the Virgin Money Clydesdale Bank deal. So it's all secret squirrel stuff as far as she's concerned. So she's super, super busy. As I said earlier, we've been in the office since April, and there's so much traffic. So much traffic that goes up and down Crow Road. I've never really, I mean, I've stayed and, and worked in the West End pretty much all my days. And I never really appreciated how much traffic goes up and down that road. It is absolutely, it's just phenomenal. Hundreds, hundreds, thousands of cars go up and down. And I guess somebody said to me, said, well, you know what you've bought? You've probably just bought a really expensive billboard. And do you know what? It's starting to take. Uh, or th- there's some fruition. That's it's coming to fruition as far as that's concerned because we're getting a lot more walk-up traffic, a lot more uh, clients who are coming to us who have driven by, maybe not needing a mortgage when they've driven by, and now they need a mortgage and they give us a call. So that's absolutely great. And I tell you who who came into the office last week, friend of the show, Nick Ponty. He came in and we had a chat with him, and and he's doing 
great guns. Uh, you must follow him on Instagram. He's got some super, super videos and he's just a great, great guy to speak to. And he's helped us move forward. He's, he's passed us a number of clients and uh, hats off to you, Nick. That's really appreciated. And the other person who got in touch with me last week was Chris Woods. Now, Chris, for those of you who remember, he started a business called Portolio and he's moved that forward. And I guess we probably spoke to him about, would it be a year ago? Something like that. And he was through in Glasgow. We had a meet-up. I hadn't told him that I was going to press the recorder on. And he was great, great value. Told us a lot about where his business is currently and what he's hoping to do moving forward in 2020. So without any further ado, I'm going to pop that on and I will catch you on the other side. So what brings you through? Well, I come through to Glasgow every way to see me. Do you? Yeah. Right. Only for the last four weeks or something. Uh-huh. It's related to the business I keep in. So again, if I go into a networking thing in Edinburgh, I do know most people there. Not, yeah. No, not every every meeting I'll know a few people. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm one of those. I don't know, not just about to change. And um, we're selling more properties in Glasgow, we're selling properties in Aberdeen. So you need to get more of a network through here. It's one of the network through here, yeah. Yeah. And your business is all about network. I mean, I don't know how much advertising are you doing? Not really much at all just now, but we are building our marketing machine. Mm-hmm. So we hope that that kind of goes live 10th of January. All right, good. But, uh, um, you know, Jonathan, there's just a shit that's going on. Yeah. You know, so when we met... You we're were not doing recording, are we now, are we now? <laughs> I think we're on, yes. Are we okay? okay no, we're on. So we're on. The red light apologies, is on. Apologies for the... Um, Don't worry, I'll, I'll edit that out. The swear um, Because when we met, you had done all sorts of things. I think dog... There was a dog business that, that, that was... <laughs> I don't talk about that. I mean, I, I, that's, um, I've moved on. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> uh, no, I... Yeah, I mean, that was... When I, when I sold my lighting agency, just... It'll be in part one of course this That's story right. I'm yeah, sure yeah, but yeah. yeah so seven years ago or so when I sold my lighting agency I I just thought I could do anything and, and <clears> to try retail and lost loads of money um, but learned a lot yeah and that was over a space of two two and a half years uh-huh. and then came back to property yeah did some sourcing did some bits and bobs um, just to you know earn some money and, and it was great being back in property I really should never have left some great people in property yes. there's some people that have got great stories to tell and really interesting people and not being in property was actually very much a, was a square peg round hole yeah. something like yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. and so coming back um, just felt right and then uh, doing some sourcing for some, some companies so you know being a sourcing agent yeah, so for, you're, for investors you're, you're, you're finding you're finding deals and, and, and trying to get below market value and then charging a fee to the buyer mm-hmm. which is great I think that there's definitely um, a very valid a very valid job does, does a great thing uh, for the buyer certainly yeah but I just, I don't know, I just questioned what I was doing and, and chasing deals and, and things like that mm-hmm. and decided two years ago as I said in the, the, the original interview, yeah. whenever that was, a year ago now, yeah, so maybe more been. than a year, yeah, I think, more than a year. 
but um, decided to set up Portolio. And at the time, we were trying to enable letting agents to sell tenanted property. So we were, we were being a property portal and a coach mm-hmm. and various mm-hmm. things. The feedback was great, but actually, um, after about eight months of doing that, it's just the business model doesn't really work that well. And everybody kept telling me, well, actually, Chris, we just want you and Portolio to do the work and you be the estate agent and you sell right. the properties and we'll work with you in that way. So, so what, what it was was a very niche concept where yeah. you would try and sell tenanted properties to other landlords? Well, that's what we do now, right. and that's what we're doing with uh, quite a lot of success. Um, so, okay. But the original idea was to be a portal and do something different. Oh, yes, because so, right. Okay, yeah, but, in... now, but now we're, we're, we are, you know, Portolio is the landlord's estate agent, yep. and we sell tenanted property on the open market. Our goal is to get the landlord that's selling the best price possible. Mm-hmm. Of course, we're realistic. We understand the... the that will be selling it to a property investor and that the property investor will be not wanting to pay over the odds. But what we talk about when we talk to property investors and even when we talk to landlords about selling is we talk about good price and fair price. And the properties that we sell, they're tenanted, as Mm -hmm. I've said. We sell tenanted property. So the buyer's getting instant rental income. Yeah. The, uh, they're getting all the safety certification. And it's already there. Again, with my background and my business partner, Ross McDonald, he has a similar background. We both built and sold letting agencies, and we really have worked for landlords combined for about 32, 33 years or something wow. crazy okay. like that combined. Yep. And so we really, really understand it. And, and so we would never sell a property with A, a bad tenant, and B, without the safety certs and the heat and the smoke sensors and everything else that's needed. So the buyer is getting a, a really trustworthy source mm-hmm. uh, of, of great uh, properties. We have all sorts of different properties. Some are really high yield, some are lower yield, some have got better capital growth yep. potential and other ones not so. Um, but we're all across Scotland. Do you know what I thought was great? And so many people have a problem in describing their business. They go on in all sorts of weird and wonderful... And by the end of the conversation, you think, well, I don't actually know what you do. But those words, the landlord's estate agency, is absolutely fantastic. Who came up with that? Wouldn't like to say, Jonathan. <laughs> but that just encapsulates what you're looking for. Yeah. You're looking for landlords who are your your bread and butter, and you want to sell landlords to landlords. And there's there's a there's a huge market there. Yeah. It's a great idea. So the the success is that. Obviously, when you change your business model, as we did about 14, 15 months ago, mm-hmm. then it takes a while for people to start understanding how easy it is to work with us, because yeah. the challenge was before it was quite hard. So now it's very easy for our key partners to refer business to us. When when I meet a landlord, they fully get it, they really mm-hmm. understand what mm-hmm. it is that we're doing. So yeah, it's we're doing something different, um, in a different way as well, and but but also it's, um, it's familiar to people that are buying and selling because Mm -hmm. they now understand, you know, well, okay, so I get a home report. You've got a home report for this. Yeah, of course, because we're a professional company and we're selling it on the open market. Uh So there's a home report, so there's a clear home report value. There's a full full service, super transparent. And we we sell properties at a fixed price um, because that model works for people buying because what we say to people buying, not just are you going to be paying a fair price, but we're also going to save you a bit of time so you can see what the price of the property is, you can see what the current rent is, you can see what the market rent might be going forward. Again, you know that it's got all the safety stuff, so you're just doing your sums based on 
well, this is the rent, this is what I'll pay. You, know, you work out your own return on investment based on your own deposit and other fees, etc. But it, it's all there for you to, to do the sums. And, and the income's there from day one? Instant rental so, income, yeah. So you're not waiting three months or whatever to try yeah. and tart the place up yeah. and then get an, another yeah. tenant in. And for the landlord that's selling, they, of course, on the other side, they get continual rental income right up to the day of completion. Yeah, because they're not having to kick the tenant out, wait six months and hope to God that they sell the so property. So it very much de-risks the situation for the landlord that's selling. And the process can start now, pretty much. I mean, by the end of next week, you know, today's what, Wednesday? So mm-hmm. by the end of next week, we could have the property on the market and um, and also uh, sell the property as is. So we, have no, we don't charge any fees up front. The only cost they would have is the home report, but yep. there's nothing to pay us until we actually agree the sale, and that's uh-huh. when the offer's made, offer accepted, and it's gone to missives with yep. the solicitor. And then our estate agency fee isn't charged right until the end. So, so right. really, and, and if the, we have a strict n- no sale, no fee situation, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. It's, there is no risk in, in terms of, of going down this route. And you can refresh the home report if need be done. And how are you housing all of this then? Is that on a website, I'm assuming? Well, we have it on our website, which yep. is actually where we get most of the results. But we also advertise on Zoopla on the market in prime location. Okay. Probably we might do right move at some stage, but um, the reality is, again, that our results come from the, the networking and the mailing list that we have. And yeah. We're up to almost a 1,000 people, active buyers on our mailing list. Wow. And again, these are people... I was having a chat to Ross, business partner, as I've said, um, a few days ago, and it was a property in Inverbervie, so just north of Montrose, mm-hmm. and it was kind of like, being honest, you know, is that one that property investors are going to really you know, want? Yeah, um, yeah. But with the size that we are becoming, uh-huh. we have got so many buyers with all sorts of different reasons for it's buying. All over Scotland. I wouldn't be surprised if we put it on and there was an investor we had who only buys Inverbervie property, if that yeah. makes any yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, that's my, that's my that's thing. It. That's my I don't thing. know if you know, but it's got a great chippy. Inverbervie <laughs> 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 fish and chips. Yeah. Um, and, and we've just put our first property on in Aberdeen. Uh, that was just last week, and um, we've got some properties on in Glasgow and Dundee and, and in Edinburgh as well, and some of the areas in between. So, a real wide range of properties, a wide range of buyers for buying for all different reasons. Uh-huh. Yeah. I just think it's a fantastic concept um, because the landlord, as you say, gets his rent up until the date of entry, um, is needing. For some landlords, I guess, they may struggle to sell something because they've, they've probably got to get rid of the tenant because there's nothing worse than you going in to see a flat and you're not a landlord and you want to try and buy a property and there's skanky tenants floating about, bad-mouthing the place here, there and everywhere. Um, so you're not going to get that. It's just, yeah, I mean, there's a market there and then there's people who are prepared yeah. to buy into that market. Sometimes we sell to what we call a savvy home buyer. Right, okay. Um, savvy home buyer being somebody that comes across our advert on maybe Zoopla or a prime location on the yeah, market. Yeah. They get in contact and we say to them, well, this is actually tenanted and it's uh-huh. more a property for property investor, yes. uh, buy to let, <coughs> or whatever their, the model is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But they sort of go, well, you know, I'm still interested and, and potentially. Um, 
every, every scenario is different. Sometimes uh, the reality is that the tenant is actually due to move out in, say, January. So yes. let's say we put one on the market just now. The landlord wants the process to start as soon as possible. Uh-huh. They might they might relet it once this tenancy ends in January, but it's just all about flexibility yeah. and the solution. And Anyway, so this person goes to view it because we've said, well, actually, the tenant does move out in January, uh-huh. so you could get vacant possession in January. Yes, which the lender will be needing it. Well, if, if it's not a buy-to-let yeah, mortgage, yeah. then definitely, yeah. Uh-huh. So, um, And obviously they want to live in it and get into it and things like that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's all sorts of different scenarios. And my job, because it's myself who speaks to the, the, the landlord mm-hmm. in that early stage, mm-hmm. is just to ask them, actually, what what's your goal why are you looking to sell the property because we're really really interested i mean i I do like property and and talking about property but i'm really motivated by talking about people's goals and and how how we can help them achieve the success it it is the most important thing and i hark on about this obviously in the mortgage side of of things and and me having got half a dozen flats is that when we're trying to help budding investors I'm saying to them, listen, you can't have a conversation with me about the money side of things until you've understood the game, but more importantly, what are your goals, what are you wanting out of this, what's your strategy? Because if you don't have a proper strategy, then it is very difficult for any of the professionals to be able to um, to advise you properly. Yep. What is it that you want the property to do is it to replace um, an income mm-hmm. or, or is it long, more long term capital growth maybe the snowball effect yep capital growth could play a role in that and and so on yeah it's um it's a, got to have the conversation about that we we don't charge any fees to the buyers so strictly speaking they're not our client mm-hmm. and but we're very very interested in their well-being as well and how property can help them achieve and Well, well, that's great from the buyer's perspective because there's many in the state agent who will give this buying service um, and they will charge a finder's fee as such for trying to find. So that's absolutely fantastic. We don't. don't. So we work with a lot of um, sourcing agents, a lot of letting agents, a lot of key partners. Mm -hmm. And and the fact that we don't charge a fee to the buyer makes makes us a a real no-brainer for for these guys. Yeah. So that. uh, because so they've networked and they've found us, then then they can justify you know, charging a fee to a buyer. So you've got a great network in Edinburgh. You come through and you're coming through every Wednesday. You're going to a networking thing through here, which is business, what did you say? Business IQ, yeah. Right, so how does that IQ. run? Um, well, they, they, they had a, a taster session uh, that I went to a few months ago, two months ago, okay. and, and that was fine. Um the, 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 what I like about it, to be honest, is there's no initial fee to join. There's no annual fee, okay. and um, we're still quite a, a lean business, and, mm-hmm. and it suited me. So just yep. a monthly fee to really cover your breakfast in the room. Okay, and it's in Cumbernauld, so All it's right. in the Westerwood Hotel in Cumbernauld, and we meet at seven a.m. every Wednesday morning. Okay, and the meeting finishes by about you know half eight, quarter to nine. Right, and it's uh, I don't know if you you, you said you've been to B and I. Well, B and I, I'm a stalwart of B and I for years. I was for five um, years. Um, and, and you said BNI. that they've taken some of the concepts of, of it's an ex, BNI It's an ex-BNI group, actually. Oh, right. Uh, yeah, all, right. Loads of ex-BNIers there. Okay. And, um, so yeah, there, is, there is the 60-second element. I yep. think there's usually an education slot. There wasn't uh-huh. this morning. But actually, it's a but bit no more... No traffic lights. I don't think so. Oh, right, yeah. No, I don't think so. Uh, it's, it's, it's maybe seven <laughs> years since I was at BNI, so I don't know if it's changed. But 
oh, if you you could you can miss it. You don't need to get subs really, and you can miss a couple okay, yeah. of, of meetings and yeah. things. Since I've joined, I think it's been five weeks I've been, and I haven't missed one. Okay, good. And obviously, travelling through from Edinburgh in, in the winter, leaving the house at quarter past six, is, it's a bit of a bit of a drive. But it sets, uh-huh. sets up my my Wednesday really nicely. Yes, I'm really enjoying being in Glasgow. And obviously, when we spoke before, I was in Glasgow quite mm-hmm. a lot at that time mm. as well. Summer's not a great time to talk to people, actually, anyway, I find. You know, everybody's really busy. Doing other things. agents and stuff. They're yeah, really busy doing yeah. other things. So October, November, December, January, etc. So who are you looking to speak to? Well, who are your ideal referral? <laughs> ideal referral, yeah. <laughs> well, I would Do I have nice. to be specific? <laughs> <laughs> um, look, landlords, letting agents, mortgage brokers, anybody who works, sourcing agents, anybody who is involved in, in property and in specifically okay. residential property and, and buy to What them. about these there's obviously a number of people who are doing educational uh, courses and, and pumping these people out who are becoming sourcers um, maybe a chat with them Yep See if we can yeah, set that up Yeah, I'm um, not sure what else to, to say on that but yeah, I don't know any of the guys that run the courses. I've been to, mm-hmm. uh, I know this is not the same thing, but you know, I've been to PIN, the Property yes, Investment, Investment Network. Network. Yeah, yeah. I've been to PPN, Progressive Property yeah, Network. Yeah. And these are great events and great nights and nice to meet uh, interesting people there. Have you done a talk at PPN? Uh, no. Listen, I did a talk at PPN um, on mortgages and, and the limited company mortgages. Yeah. Um, and it is full stack to the gunnels of, of landlords. Let me speak to the people at PPN and see if we can get you a gig through here because they're crying out for speakers. And I think, whilst they have very good speakers, I think you will be fantastic there because you will have an audience that will think, wow, I can use you. There's no doubt about that. Well, if we can so we, help yeah. and advise. The, the, we realise, I realise that Portolio isn't the answer for everybody. We don't want to be all things to all people. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, the conversation I have with the, the landlord is thinking of selling at that outset is a very realistic one. Yeah. And I examine again what their goals are and, I, and, I, and I'm, I'm interested to know you know, just why they're why they're selling, and, mm-hmm. and I would even say your rent is quite low. If your rent went up, say a hundred pounds, and if you maybe examined even your mortgage product or something, you know, if if you got a net gain of a couple of hundred pounds per month, would that change things? Would you continue letting? And uh-huh. and also, I look at the yield, of course, and and is it a family style property, and maybe. Is it, is it one that a property investor would buy and is yep. it, say, £200,000 and the rent's only, say, £600? Mm-hmm. Those kind of conversations. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and depending on where it is, and should you wait until the market picks up in that area? Um, so <coughs> it's a very open, honest conversation and sometimes my advice is to end the tenancy, which is a shame for the tenant, but you know we're the landlord's estate agent and we're there to um, be really, really quite impartial advice on, on what the best course of action is and sometimes yep. it's to wait, sometimes it's to end the tenancy and sell a vacant property uh-huh. and that's just the difference between us and, and you know other estate agents, other estate agents generally speaking sell vacant property yeah. we sell them tenanted but we sell at open market as well certain smaller market. I, I just love this idea of, of niching down um, that you're only looking at one specific 
and you are very specific of the type of clients you want. You're looking for landlords. You're looking to attract landlords. It, it's so much. It speaks to me. There's a book that I, I really recommend, and, and you must. I wish I'd brought. I've got three copies at work. Okay. Um, I'll send you one. Okay, it's a guy called Michael Port, and his book Yourself Solid. Okay, um, yeah, no, I and it's it, a so. fantastic book. Um, he was on. He was an actor, and then he we came out of acting, and then went into starting his own business, and he just fell flat on his face, and then he realised. I'm going to have to market myself properly and he talks about this thing about ditching the duds and being absolutely specific and having this velvet rope that you only allow people within the velvet rope as in people within your company that people that you're happy to work with that you enjoy working with that you're happy working with these are the people and ultimately if those people are not within your business sphere then you should you need to get them and dump everybody else it's, it's quite it's quite eye-opening um, and I think you'd really enjoy it yeah. um, and it's great because part of the book there is a, a as you go through the book there's a marketing exercises that forces you to think about your marketing strategy yeah. and I just think from a business that has been going as long as yours has I think that's something that you would get great great benefit from so I'll listen I'll send you that yeah please that's kind yeah, yeah. that would be very helpful I'm very keen to look at some of the, the this is internal business stuff but just the cost of selling a property in a certain area versus mm-hmm. the cost of selling a property in another area yep. so thinking about just the cost of doing business at times uh-huh. but we don't want to we want to help all landlords and sometimes that's just with advice and, and, other, and other things like that mm-hmm. but yeah, sounds great that's brilliant well, listen, I'm so pleased that you, you've come through and we've had a chat. Yeah, thanks. Um, I really enjoyed the last chat we had, and I'm just so pleased that things have taken you, you to the next step and you've mm. now found an idea that is working for you. Yeah. So hats off to you, and I think it should be a success. You just need to get out there. Get your so- Do you do much social media? Yeah, we, we didn't have a Facebook page really until a few months ago, but mm. now our engagement on Facebook has been great. We're creating, we need to create more content. I'm not a sort of social media type guy. So what we actually have in the business, which I'd recommend to other people, is a great way for somebody who's maybe not so into social media, but, you know, owner-managed business. Uh Ross is, he's quite good at posting. Right. And then we've got Bronwyn, who's our marketing person. Yeah. So we set up a WhatsApp group between the three of us so if I think something's good on social media or whatever I want to say I'll, I'll take a photo or oh, right, say okay. it on the, the WhatsApp group yeah, and then yeah. somebody else will actually post it right. because sometimes I don't have a clue and maybe the thing I wanted to post isn't very good and they'll just say that's rubbish uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> or, or yeah but they, they, they run it and um, I, we, have a, we have a central kind of social WhatsApp group yeah. good because it's consistency, that's what it's all about. The social yeah. uh, marketing side of things is consistent because it, if you are for seven days put out a blog or a post, people will be expecting that. And then, so that's what I would do. I would, I would do it for like seven days, I get really into it, and, uh-huh. then, like, and, then, you're, and then my mood would change with regards to <laughs> social media. I'd, like, I'd get burnt <laughs> with one thing that didn't work, and I'd be like, oh, oh, you've got some social media. Oh, you've got it. some comment from somebody that really annoyed I, you. Do you know what? I remember one time, ages ago, uh-huh. I'd, I'd come through to Glasgow right enough, and right. it was like, I think it was you know, half five, six in the morning, I was in, I was in Glasgow, uh-huh. so I was at George Square. And it was dark, and I think I, I took a photo and I said something like, um, 
you know, I got up and got dressed and got in the shower and got in the car or something, and yeah. somebody said something, and I came through to Glasgow, and somebody said something, oh, did, well done you, did you do that all by yourself? <laughs> sort of, like, really, and I was like, yeah, yeah, good point, fair enough, but it was um, a bit of a troll sort of comment. Right. But I don't yeah. know, but yeah. it, I, was, I was put off. You've got to have broad shoulders if you're going yeah. into yeah, the, the social networking <laughs> side of things. Thick skin enough. Um, but so you've got what, you've got Facebook, LinkedIn, I'm assuming? Yeah, Facebook and LinkedIn are pretty good on that. Yeah. Um, and we did do Instagram, but that has just fallen off a cliff. And we, may, started, we, may, we may not pick that up again, but I don't I've know. I've started Instagram, and I thought, well, can I work Instagram properly? Because Instagram is very much a visual thing. Actually. And I'm thinking, well, what, what, I'm a mortgage broker. What, what, another standard security. Another, <laughs> another. Yeah. So what I've done is I've just taken, I use Canva, which I think yeah. is absolutely mm. fantastic. Um, and I just troll through photographs. I put in something like, um, what did I do last week? Uh, free legals, right? So I put a post out on Instagram that said, um, if you're doing a remortgage, you can use your own solicitor or you can use free legals. Pound for pound, it's probably better doing free legals. Now, I put that in a sort of 10 word sentence, okay? Um, and then got, uh, went through, um, typed in free onto photographs and then just put that, transpose that on, and then just put that onto Instagram. And that's yeah. why I'm trying to do that on a daily basis, post that on LinkedIn, yep. and post it on Instagram, and put it on the website. And I just think it, it will slowly, it's not something that's going to work immediately, yeah. but over time... I think it adds a bit of context as well to your business. You know, if you can if you can put in some personal stuff, pictures of you and other your team and yep. doing different yep. things... Yep. It gives gives it personality, actually, probably. You know, gives and the business a, a personality. And the other thing, and this book talks very importantly about this, is that you have to lead with value. You just yeah. keep leading with value, keep leading with value, because if, as soon as you start becoming salesy, people will just switch yeah. off. Exactly. But if you're continuing to put good content out that says, do you know what? That, wow, I didn't know about that, and gosh, I didn't know about that, and no, oh, that's a good idea, I'll yep. do that next time. Then eventually, hopefully, what you're hoping is that by the time they actually need a mortgage, or they need a new buy-to-let, or they need to sell their buy-to-let, they'll think of you. That's the way that I'm using the, the so it's, it's very yeah. much a medium to long-term thing. Yeah. It reminds you as well of the things that you're doing in your business. So we were at Scottish Letting Day at Dynamic Earth in Edinburgh, couple of weeks ago. Uh, on How did Saturday. that go? That was great. We had a stand there. We had a stand yeah. there last year as uh-huh. well, which is just as we were trying to turn the ship around, so mm-hmm. to speak. And it was fantastic. It really kicked us on. Yep. And we were just stowed out all day, just talking to landlords yeah. and buyers yeah. and letting agents, and, and it was fantastic. You know, I think next year we will have to have a third member of staff just for that reason alone, just Good. to have there. And I'll probably talk at the next one you have to pay some money to do it, so uh-huh. I didn't do it this year but yep. ne- next year I'm sure I will and so that was really good and then on Saturday we were at the Edinburgh Black Professionals Property Day so your journey in property right. and that was in Gorgie in Edinburgh and so we had a stand there but talking to lots of people so it's great to have these things that you're doing and mm-hmm. people can see that you're active and because yep. you you do these things obviously you've got the audiences there but then to show people that you're doing these things just increases your credibility I think anyway and mm-hmm. That you're working hard, that you're 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 trying to do different things. Yeah, yeah. And premises? Have you got premises at the at the moment? What Good question. We were lucky enough, well, we applied and were interviewed, I suppose. Um, but um, we got into the Royal Bank of Scotland Accelerator Program, 
Oh yes, Nicholas. One of my pals at school, Nick Boyle, does that. Um, right, Nicholas Boyle. I, don't, I think he's through in the west. St. St. Than... Vincent Street is the one in Glasgow. Right, so I've been okay. into the one in Glasgow yeah. and could set up. And yeah, it's really cool. I mean, that was since April that we got into. And does that give you a pod or a room there? You How get this work? open plan yeah. um, office space. Where you, you, if you, you're not immediately given a desk, but if you're in there. If they see you're in there over the first few weeks, then they'll yeah. give you a permanent desk. So myself right. and Ross have got two desks there. If we look out the window to our left, we look at Gogoburn House across, you know, the burn and across, you know, tr- trees, and it's just a lovely view. Yeah. And on the other side, which we can't quite see from where we are, but there's a water fountain and uh-huh. stuff outside, and way too good for us, you see. Not and, at all. But it's the, it's the old executive suite um, oh, right. for RBS, so it's on that side of the building. Oh, right. But that's only until the, we, the whole of the RBS accelerator is moving into Edinburgh City Centre. Okay. St Andrews Square. So you don't have to schlep out to Gogoburn. Well, no, it does. It suits us to be in Gogoburn, not to be a moaning mini, you know, <laughs> but right. we would rather, we're an all of Scotland estate agent, so we, when we get our own office, uh-huh. we'll probably be around about Gogoburn and Gael on the, the west side of Edinburgh. Yeah, so you get easy access. I mean, Ross, my business partner, he lives in Kirkcaldy as it goes, okay. and I live on sort of southwest Edinburgh, so right. I can be in Gogoburn in five minutes, I can right, leave my so house, because I'm normally in the office just after seven in the morning, okay. so I can shoot down the bypass. I don't need to normally do the handbrake on or stop until I get into the car park. So right, anyway, right. but yeah, I mean, it, it's it, it'll be good to be in town as well. I must say, there'll be a bit more drinking. Maybe will happen because <laughs> I'll be getting the bus. <laughs> so that's Friday nights. Yeah, lost in Tuesday, action. Tuesday nights, uh, Monday nights. <laughs> um, bit of networking, you see. Yeah. That's what it's all about. I haven't told my wife any of this. No, well, we shall soon find it. She listens to this. She she might put a stop to all of that nonsense. But that's great. No, listen, it's great to catch up with you again. Yeah, thank you. Um, And we will get this out there. Um, We relaunched. I hadn't done the podcast for about a year or so because I was trying to set up bricks and mortar mortgages, and that took a lot of time. Um, But it's just one of these things, a bit like property. I love property. Um, I've made a career out of property, and I love talking about property um, and you know chatting with the likes of yourself and, and others. It's just great to hear their story and see what sort of tweaks they're making in, in their journey. So, so how's it great. all going? It's going really well. I'm really pleased. Um, there was no real... you were you were the big big changes when we met at the West. Yeah, well, I was in the basement, yeah. wasn't I, yeah. in Begley Brown? Um, and I think probably at the time, if it was about a year ago, I was starting to think about buying the mortgage book from Chris, and that eventually happened. Um, and it was a very straightforward, easy process. And the idea was going to be as I was going to be in the basement, he was going to be in the, in the, the ground floor, and I don't do pensions and investments, and anybody that came across my desk, I would send them upstairs, and Chris likewise would send the mortgage stuff downstairs. Um, and that, that, that would have worked fine, but then I was... I, I live in the West End in Glasgow, and I do a, a lot of travelling up and down Crow Road and, and Broomhill... Um, and I saw there was a place for sale in Broomhill, and then it suddenly dawned upon me, which I don't know quite why it dawned upon me, because I'd been advising people of this particular aspect about getting a pension, yeah, getting the SIP and getting the SIP to buy it and then renting it back to a limited company, so in essence you're paying rent to yourself because you're the end user of the pension. And I thought, well, I had... Those moments are great, aren't they, when you just... Just light bulb. Hold on. 
So then I could completely. Yeah. It was, you I know can what? do this. It was a bit like flats yeah. because <clears throat> once I wanted to buy a flat, it just focused. That was my focus. That was my thought until I bought yeah. the flat, and that was a bit like the. The, the business and there was only a couple of places I wanted to try and buy buyer's robe was going to be too expensive um, and that uh, Broomhill Cross was absolutely great there's a, 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 a lawyer's firm called Hunters um, and he was selling and we didn't put an offer in and it, in fact another set of solicitors have bought that McCarthy Law who took about 12 months to do the place up anyway just as we found out that we weren't going to have a chance to buy that this place in Crow Road yep. turned up um, and I had what did I have 180 grand in in a pension with Standard Life I used some of that to buy the place um, we used Lindsay's for the legals it was dead easy um, um, by December we bought the place uh, and then by the sort of February, March we were up there in trading and it's just been great yeah. but the site we've got on Crow Road is just the, the amount of traffic that goes up and down Crow Road because it's the main thoroughfare that takes yeah, you down I, onto I know, the Clyde Tunnel bit, yeah. and it takes you up to Bears Den so we've got the Jordan Hill traffic which is, you know, every property in Jordan Hill basically is worth between 200000 and £500,000 pounds, um, and they've got a mortgage to go with that so I, I've said to Catherine that the, the most important thing for us is the first dozen or so people that are walk-ups that see where we are and if we can do a good job for them they'll then they'll just spread like wildfire so we've got the school at Jordan Hill we've got the high school we've got a great catchment area and the great thing is that the people that I used to get legal work from are the same people that are now passing me leads and referrals as yeah. far as the, the mortgage side is concerned so as I say to people who are prepared to listen that I wish I'd done it 10 years ago it's just been you know, I'm 50 now, and I've had my time, as far as a solicitor's concerned, 25, 30 years, and, and enjoyed it while it lasted. But it just became stale. I didn't enjoy the process. The process had completely changed, and I just thought I needed to do something. And I'm so, I've got so many friends who have decided to do something, and it's not worked out. And I'm just so pleased that at the moment, Touchwood that it is working out because it's something that I know about it's a different part of what I used to do but in essence it's very similar to what I do and I, I've still got my legal badges as well yeah. so the great thing with us is that I wear two hats I think it gives people that you're working with more confidence as well doesn't it you know, you've got the legal background and I think that's huge I really do think that's huge because mortgage broking as such has got a bit of a, a ropey um not history, but you know, it, it's not. There are a lot of good mortgage brokers out there, um, and there are a lot of not great mortgage brokers out there. And I don't think that the bar is very, very high. Um, and there's a lot of people who are trying to lift that bar, um, and that's that's what you know everybody is trying to do. It wasn't do. that long ago that they brought in a lot more. Well, the regulations, regulations, yeah, yeah. No, so I don't know. the regulations, 2012. Eight, 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 was it 2012? 2012, yeah. So. Uh -huh. But we're still meeting clients who come in. In fact, I had a guy who came in there during the week, and, and he was just astonished about this word affordability. I said, well, with the greatest respect, it's not a case of now going up to the bank and saying, I earn this, uh, can you give me this? 
and the bank saying, well, that's fine, here, I'll write the cheque. Because back in 2007, 2008, that's what happened. Yeah. I mean, self-sale didn't, mortgages. You didn't need to know how, how much you earned or anything like no. that. And, it would be, and in those days, they it, just was, trusted it was you. like, okay, so you're in, you're, your monthly payment on the mortgage will be £500 per month, so you need your rent to be 500 Okay, it's 500 that's fine. But now it would be 700 800, Well, they've got 800, stress 800. tests. The, the, yeah. the stress yeah. tests are yeah. much, much bigger and affordability and everything. Yeah, so yeah. Completely and and for a lot of people who would have got mortgages back in 2010, 2008, um, they just can't get them now because they don't have the affordability there. And, and that's one of the things that a lot of the lenders and, and banks will they'll put you into the funnel and the algorithm. And if you don't, yeah. if the answer's no, the answer's no. No, there are some lenders out there who will look at your specific... Um, cri- uh, circumstances, and they will try and mould their criteria to try yeah. and suit. So maybe some some lenders will look at if you're a business owner, they might look at your business as well, and how much money is in your business. I think there are companies out there, lenders that that, that, that do try and help. Yeah, people I mean, what you're ways. looking for, I maybe guess, the interest rate maybe a touch higher. Yes, well, that's the thing. You know, you yeah. can if you're wanting flexibility, then yeah. it has to come at a price generally. And you see um, more, you see more people. I mean, I know you are, so I know the answer to this. Well, I imagine. That you are, but more people buying as limited businesses and buy to let more SPVs. Yeah, the SPV is certainly a thing that we come across on a, on a lot of the time, but I say to clients, it's not a magic bullet. Yeah. It is not a magic bullet because I've spoken to accountants, and the whole point about the SPV is that you've now got to have an SPV with one of four SIC codes. A SIC code is something that the um, Limited company uh, companies, companies house will house, say yeah, yeah. four set codes and they will identify what you do and it's all to do with property and letting and the whole reason a lot of accountants think they've done that is so that if all the money comes out of personal buy to let and goes into SPV limited company buy to let then there's a lot of tax money that is suddenly going away from the tax man and so yeah. the idea that they reckon is that the four SIC codes, because the lender's not going to lend to you unless you've got one of those SIC codes, so HMRC now can then identify which of the limited companies are renting and making money out of rented property. And so it's not beyond the wit of man that if the money, tax money, goes away from personal buy-to-let goes into limited company buy-to-let, they can't touch the limited unless they change the law, and a lot of the accountants are suggesting that that's what's going to happen. So, the thing I heard just last night, which I didn't know before, is the idea of setting up an SPV, limited company, to buy buy buy-to-let, and then putting, say, your daughter, who's four years old, like my daughter's four, okay, Uh so so put my daughter on as a shareholder, and you can have six shareholders, I believe. They would need to be a certain age to become a a shareholder. Well, I heard that they don't. No, maybe put it in trust. I heard they could be, yeah, maybe put it it in trust, so uh, I don't know the details, it's just uh, an an investor night I was at last night, Uh and I heard this. So I'm I'm asking everyone about it now, but um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if we'll maybe talk more about that and just do some research into it, but basically just this idea of, of... Putting a um, family member, let's say, let's say he's an adult, then just uh-huh. to sort of rule out any any uncertainty about that. Yeah. And and then giving them a some, I think it was something like fourteen thousand pounds per, per annum uh, tax free from the limited business in in earnings. So I guess you you choose a family member who didn't have a large income or something. It didn't affect their tax bracket, but. 
I, I, what I liked about it in an emotional sense was succession planning yes, was, was protecting yep. my daughter yep. so let's say you can do it for, for Maggie the four year old that she becomes a shareholder and, and, that, and, and I, I build a, a large portfolio under this SPV and then she you know has money when she yep. gets to 18 yep. or yep. 21 yep. or whatever and so what I may be thinking is that you would then employ her um, when she gets to being able to write and, and yeah. <laughs> in proper sentences, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. you would employ her at a, a wage which didn't incur tax or, or, or NLI, which is around about £8,000 or so. I'm not an accountant. I'm not your accountant. Yeah. Go and see an accountant. I knew it would be more complicated than um, us. And, and, I came away from last night thinking, oh, this is the uh, answer uh-huh, the future. Uh-huh. And then there'd be a dividend yeah. payment if she's a shareholder that you would get. Um, so I can understand where that's coming from, but one of the best things about the limited company SPV is that it's a much easier and malleable and movable that you can give people shareholdings. Yeah. So you don't have to and that sell be, that the property can be done to them. After the lending has been agreed and the property has been bought, it's a limited business and it sits as its own entity. Yes. I guess what you've got to watch is that you, when you come to remortgage, some of the lenders will only look at two directors and, and two shareholders. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know the mortgage works are thinking about trying to increase that to four. Um, a lot of the other lenders that do a maximum of four. So you, yeah. you can't have, say if you had a family of seven, you can't have all seven of them yeah. being shareholders. I'm not saying it's something I would do, but I do, again, it's just an example of how property can work for people. And I and I think some people might have an issue with, oh, well, that's, you're, you're trying to be really clever. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's face it, the government turned around and... Um, made things very hard to be polite for landlords. Um, landlords were buying properties 10 years ago or whatever, or more, building a portfolio for their pension. Mm-hmm. Things like Section 24, as I can understand it, you know, have maybe made their business plan ineffective and they're having to sort of review things. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. So I think anything that kind of mitigates some of the... The changes that have happened is all fair, mm. but again, there is undoubtedly change is just a constant as far yeah. as the yeah. buy to let is concerned. Well, actually, buy to let didn't change. I think there's only one. I don't know. I can't remember. Make up some stats, but I think in the 20 years before something like 2002 or thereabouts, there was there was one change in 20 or 30 years right. or something like right. that. And then, and then I think it's actually I think it was probably even just um, this is in Scotland we're talking about maybe started off with the, the tenants fees or something like that uh-huh. and then since then there's been maybe 15 or 10 or 12 changes the legislation the legislation yeah. I mean it didn't change for an awful long time uh-huh. and then it and then it just the, changes the, the, all the time the, the, there is no doubt that the government both the Scottish and, and the, the UK government has seen it as a soft touch yeah. as far as you know how can they get taxable income more taxable income yeah. because um, that's what they need they need more tax to be paid and so it, it's certainly been seen but I'm also, I'm also in favour of, of more professional a more professional approach to being a landlord as well so less accidental landlords yep. more professional landlords so better conditions for tenants and I think that it has been a positive effect potentially on some first time buyers as maybe properties coming into the mm-hmm. market but mm-hmm. every area I mean Scotland as the UK is is so regional yep. and 
know, if, everything's, everything has to be taken on its own merits. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely it's evolving. <laughs> it is. I mean, the bar now, I think the entry level is a lot harder, both from a financial point of view and also from a legislative point of view, that you've really got to think long and hard before going into the buy-to-let game. But it still works. Oh, definitely. You know, to create financial freedom, to, to build wealth for you and your family, really works. Great, great I wouldn't have done anything different, I have to say. I know for me and the half dozen buy to less I've got, that is the pension. At the end of the day, yeah. it's capital and interest that's being paid down by the good tenants of uh, good students of Glasgow. And I know at the end of the day, 5, 10, 15 years, however long it's going to be, I'm going to have half a dozen flats that will be, you know, allow me to retire. So it's the best thing that I've ever done, no doubt about it. And, I mean, uh, we don't want to be too, is it... Evangelical, is that the word? Yes, but, well, I like that. Yeah, or, that's or, a good or, word. Altruistic, another one. Yeah. Um, but Portolio, we're, we're more than an estate agent, so we, we really want to be at the front of all the good things that are happening in the private rented sector. Mm-hmm. So we do work with SAL a lot, Scottish oh, Association yes. of yeah. Landlords, yeah. but we Remember talk to there. them at least anyway, yeah. and the Council of Letting Agents as well. And earlier on this year, we commissioned a report by arguably the guy person to go to to do this report mm-hmm. and we there was several few thousand pounds to pay for that but we were yep. supported by Scottish Enterprise so it didn't cost us all of that money because we couldn't really have afforded it uh-huh. but what we wanted to do was understand what's happening in the private rental sector yep. so Anyway, you know, just get a real, real picture of it. So we've got fifty-six slides full of incredible information. It's all quite raw. I mean, it's well presented by the, the researcher that we employed. Yep. But just with one thing or another, Ross and I really need to sit and, and go through all this information, and then and then go and meet different people, and certainly go and meet Sal. So uh-huh. we're going to go and do that. We're going to sit with Sal. Um, and just say, listen, we've got all this information, we can help you and we can help other landlords and we can help letting agents and everyone associated with buy to let in Scotland. Like stats that I was surprised at 393,000, that's the number of um, dwellings in the private rented sector in Scotland. Um, 345,000 is the number of households in the private rented sector, so the difference being Households are occupied, dwellings are a mixture of ones that are uh-huh. occupied and unoccupied. And we have now information on what's happening in Glasgow and Dundee and every specific average property values, all that kind of stuff, which I guess is also useful for a business to inform us of the decisions that we're going to make. But yeah. equally, I think that um, we can help a lot of people with that information. And we're going to do that every year. So we commissioned that in, say, July, August this year and we'll do the same again next year mm-hmm. hopefully we'll be a bit slicker and get on it a bit quicker next year and get the information out there and, and you know Canva for infographics and all of these yeah, things yeah. I, um, it just isn't enough hours in the day but we're, we're, we're keen to, to get out there and help all the different people with this information and other things that we can do Right. Well, listen, I'm going to wrap it up there okay, yeah, um, because it seems to have uh, developed into a crash with the screaming in the background. So, listen, we'll knock it on the head there. Listen, it's been a pleasure, and uh, I do wish you all the best in the future yeah, success of the yeah, business. Yeah. Keep in touch. Good, good. <laughs> Cheers. I think that will be brilliant. 45 minutes, that's just... So I tell you where we we did that interview. We were in the Clydesdale Bank, the head office at the Clydesdale Bank, and I've got one of those silly accounts with the Clydesdale Bank where they have the cheek to charge me twenty five pounds a month, 
and I'm not entirely sure what I get for that £25 a month other than uh, being able to drink as much tea and coffee at the head office. So they've got a place upstairs which is, uh, I, I guess... It's probably a place where um, a lot of the, the private banking uh, meet their clients. But my guy at the Clydesdale Bank said that I could just pop up there and, and uh, have chats with, with anybody uh, that I wanted to. So I met Chris up there and uh, we got stuck into the free biscuits and the free tea and coffee. And I sat down with him and and have a chat. So I thought it was a great chat. I hope you think likewise. Uh, he's also keen to come through. You, you'll all know that I'm a member of the the BNI, uh, so that's a networking thing that I go to on a Wednesday morning. And I have to say, one of the things that you really got to try and do is bring visitors to the networking. And I'm absolutely appalling at doing that, I have to say. I think I've been a member for about three, four years, uh, and I I can certainly count on one hand the amount of of guests and visitors that I've brought. So he's going to come along and have a chat to the folk at the networking, which is going to be great. So I'm looking forward to that. I think he's coming over on the 18th. And if you wanted to come along and, and have a chat at the networking, do then um, give us a shout. Uh, we are contactable under the usual offices. So we've got, first of all, Email, yeah, let's try that. Email Jonathan at bricks and mortar mortgages.co.uk. Instagram, so we've started on Instagram, and what I'm trying to do is on a daily basis, certainly during the week, is to put something out on Instagram that is of some relevance to those who are looking to finance property, whether that be buy to let or whether that just be your resi mortgage. So join me on Instagram under bricks and mortar mortgages. LinkedIn, link with me on LinkedIn. Delighted to have you along there. And then finally, we've got the Facebook group. So it's Bricks and Mortar Podcast. That's Bricks and Mortar Podcast on the Book of Faces. So join up there. Lots of ways in which you can interact with the show. I'm going to uh, toddle off now. It's uh, Sunday and uh, I've got to try and get this out. Just suffice to say that last week, this time last week, I was purpling towards the end of the Valencia Marathon. We had a super time over there. We we flew out. Uh, there's no direct flights now from Glasgow or Edinburgh to Valencia. They stop in the 5th of November. So the Valencia Marathon is on the 1st of December, I think it was, 1st of December. So we flew out to Alicante on the Friday. We got the train up to Valencia, stayed a couple of days there, and then flew back out on the Wednesday, I think. And it went pretty well. So I ran 3.37. I was trying to break 3.30, but I picked up a cold about 10 days before the start of the race. And I thought I'd got over it. But I think probably after about 20k, I realised that I was working too hard to try and stay on the uh, the time, which is five minutes per k. And I was struggling too much. And then by the end of it, I just burnt too many matches at the start. And... Uh, began to struggle sort of 30, 35 kilometres in. So anyway, 3.37 for an old boy like me. I'm pretty pleased with that. And we'll see next year. I think we'll probably go back to Valencia and try and do that. We came back from uh, Alicante, and I don't know if you've ever had this, but we've never had a medical 
Yes, a medical on the plane back home. And really that means that somebody uh, isn't feeling very well. So unfortunately, three rows ahead of us, a woman looked as if she'd had a stroke. And I have to say, EasyJet, you know, for all the the um, brickbats that are thrown at Ryanair and EasyJet, I have to say, I was pleasantly surprised as to how they handled everything. It was really, you know, they were calm, they did as best as they could to get everything sorted out. But hats off to this woman. She was a nurse. They had put on the intercom that they needed, that they'd had a medical on board and they were looking for anybody with medical expertise or anybody who was a doctor. And this woman, two in front of us, put her hand up and she was a nurse from Livingston A&E. And she was absolutely wonderful. She um, made the patient as comfortable as she could be. And it was just wonderful to see, great to see that you, in circumstances such as that, that everybody bandies together to try and make the best out of, of what for that woman was a pretty bad lot. So it was it was great just to see the, the human race, as it were, um, uh, coming together and, uh, and and helping out. So it just, I, I guess most of the people in that flight probably felt similar to, to me. And there's, there was certainly a lot of people who were coming off. We were sitting at the back. A lot of people who were coming off were thanking the air stewards and stewardesses for a job well done. It was so, so hats off, hats off to Easy Jet and uh, more importantly, hats off to that nurse uh, from A&E in Livingston. It was quite funny because a lot of the passengers on board the the EasyJet flight were quite elderly and some of them, in fact, had been treated by this this nurse at some point. There was about three or four who uh, she recognised them and, and they recognised her. So that was quite funny. But I, listen, I've been prattling on for too long. I know that the interview with Chris did go on a bit, so I'm going to sign off here. You've been listening once again to Bricks and Mortar podcast. We'll try and get another one out before the end of the year. I am meeting a guy, Chris Borland. Uh, we're having a chat with him. He's a guy who is property investor, does his work in and around the west of Scotland, and I'm having a chat with him on Wednesday. So we'll get that on the airwaves very soon. You've been listening to the Bricks and Mortar podcast. Sometimes right, sometimes wrong, always certain.